go ahead. We can answer this one, actually, I guess. I support the LGBT community. Um, I think our answer on this is pretty clear, considering uh, we dedicated the entire month of June to this topic. <laughs> um, I almost don't like the phrasing of that. I support the LGBT community. I know what they're getting at but they almost have it set up to where if you disagree with that lifestyle, you have to say that you have to make a negative comment about the them as people. Um, so I don't support that lifestyle. Um, I do think that everyone that's in that lifestyle is a, a human that is made in the image of God. Um, they're deserving of, of, uh, as much love and respect as absolutely anybody else on the face of the earth. Um, we shouldn't mistreat them. We shouldn't treat them badly. Uh, we should not go out of our way to cause problems for them as a Christian. Uh, on the contrary, we're told to love them. We're told to uh, show Christ to them and not just in a, uh, well, Jesus is love. And so that means do whatever you want. No, like, there's consequences for sin and there's consequences for, for not accepting Jesus and eternity and, and what that ends up meaning for you. And the loving thing is to show them that. And so <laughs> do I support the LGBTQ community? Um, not in the sense where I think that they can do whatever they want, but yes, I support them in the fact that I want them to have eternal life and to fully experience God as much as possible now in this life. Um, so, yeah, go ahead, Aubrey. Yeah, I don't really like how they worded that either. It's almost like set up for failure um, either way. <laughs> yeah. Um, but my answer would be no, I don't support their lifestyle and their choice of sin. Um, do I support them as a person because I want them to know Christ um, and and uh, stray from that sin and you know be freed from that? Of course. Um, I mean, I admit I know we talked about this when uh, we were talking about um, all of this in June. Uh, Jude one Jude one twenty three says, "Ooh, I just had it." Oh. talks about um show mercy to still uh, to still others but do so with great caution hating the sins that contaminate their life so it doesn't say hate that person because of their sin but it says hate their sins because you're hating their sin because it's separating them from god and it's yep. keeping them um well from god and then from from their salvation because you know like what it will lead to if they do not receive the forgiveness that god has for them um and so no, I don't support their lifestyle, but do I support them as a person? Oh, 100%. Yeah, that's good. And one thing they did mention, um, which I, I guess we can talk about it after they, they talk about it. So you can play the video. Are you going to talk about something that they mentioned in the video? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so this is, um, we'll probably... If, if they say anything and you want to jump in on what they say right then, just say something to me. Because um, this little segment where they talk about this is the longest segment in the video. It runs on for a couple minutes. Um, so if there's anything we want to pause on, we can pause on it and uh, discuss. But 
to make some enemies. <laughs> when we mention support, it means to accept. And I don't accept the lifestyles within the community, but do I love them? Do I want the best for them? I absolutely do. Do I think that we should be mean to them in church? Do I think that we should shun them from church? No, and I'm sorry that you guys had that experience because that is awful, that is horrible. No one should go to a church and feel like you need to run away from it. It's interesting though because the thing that has hurt me the most is actually the language with which you're speaking, which is m more confusing, I think. No one actually shunned me. It was more like this, more like, I love you, but like God kind of wants to like send you to hell. So, well, first thing I find fault with, with that statement is, um, she said God wants to send her to hell. And yep. the whole point of him sending Jesus was to save us from hell. So no, God does not want us to send us to hell. We send ourselves to hell by the choices that we make. Um, so I real I yep. do very much disagree with that. I assume you do too. <laughs> oh yeah. So and, I and think, this is some. I think that. Good. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Um, good. Her saying that this is more, this language that we're using is more confusing to her. I think. I mean, to put it bluntly, I think she's just convicted by it um, because that's just scripture um, that yeah. we, I mean, I just said it, Jude 123, <laughs> it, it's in scripture and that lady uh, that explained it, explained it just how we just said it. So it's just conviction. That's all it is. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, a common thing I see from non-believers is uh this idea that, um, you know, like I've seen the painting of Jesus standing at the door and knocking and Jesus saying like, open up, I got to save you. And the person inside is like, uh, um, save, you know, save me from what? And he says, you know, hell and eternal damnation. Um, and the person inside will be like, uh, Oh, what is it? Um, I don't remember the exact, it's been a while since I've seen that one, but basically it's saying that Jesus is saying, Hey, I need you to allow me to save you from a place that I am want to send you. Like it's, <clears throat> and it's an incorrect view. So the, the whole idea of, mm -hmm. of hell and this, like I said, has come up in the conversation that I've, I've been having on, on Facebook. And, uh, this conversation is out there for anybody to see too. Um, you can go look. It's on one of our reels. It's just comments back and forth. But um, the whole idea of hell is not that God created a place because he wants to send people there for being bad. It's the idea that God gave us free will. We can either choose him or not. And salvation is us looking to God and saying, your will be done. And rejecting salvation is mm -hmm. God looking at us and saying, your will be done. We have the choice to mm. accept salvation, accept the price that was paid and accept that on our lives and then go to be in, in heaven with eternity, or we can reject God. And that is what hell is. It is complete separation from God in which you don't stop being in sin after you die. I would say that you are continually in sin. The difference is you don't have any aspect of God there anymore 
to make any aspect of anything good. Um, all goodness is, is removed and mm -hmm. completely. And so it's similar to, you know, if you were to, um, you know, right now there's, there's lights on in our, our, both of our houses, we have lights on and there cannot be darkness anywhere where the light is present. The darkness and the light cannot exist together in the same place. And it's just because darkness is simply an absence of light. You can't have darkness and light side by side. Um, and so, you know, obviously not talking about an actual object in the way, but just dark and light, they cannot exist together. And this is what, what heaven and hell is. Um, hell is the absence of light. Hell is the absence of God, complete removal from God. It's not, God doesn't get pleasure out of sending people to hell. It's not this eternal torment that he enjoys like, Hey, you didn't choose me. So now I'm going to enjoy watching you suffer for eternity. Um, it's not something he wants. And that's why, like you said, he sent Jesus. He made a way for us to not have to suffer that and not have to go through that. Um, and that's something I, I do think a lot of people misunderstand and, and, and misrepresent about the idea of hell and Christianity. All right. Let's jump back in. I do have Christian friends who are. Um, and this guy that's talking here, this is the one I was telling you about beforehand, Aubrey. Is, I believe his name's Pastor Jason. Um, oh. oh. He's got some interesting takes on stuff. Uh, I I think yeah, I would disagree with him. There's one of the questions. Yeah. Uh, all right. Queer or gay, they're struggling, they're abstaining from the lifestyle, but the LGBTQ community says there's nothing wrong with that lifestyle. They're proud of that status, not remorseful or trying to be aligned with what the Bible says about it. You are literally picking one part of the Bible that you believe and throwing away everything else. There's like certain materials that we're not supposed to wear. There's certain foods that we're not supposed to eat, but we don't discriminate against people who do that. But we do discriminate against people who literally just love someone different. If you I'm working on a response right now because <clears throat> This just came up in the conversation I'm having online. So Mosaic laws, Levitical laws, that's what he's talking about. Certain clothes you're not supposed to wear, certain food you're not supposed to eat. Here's the thing. The Mosaic laws were written for Israel, for the nation of Israel. They had been in captivity for 400 years. And so when they got their freedom, God gave them rules. And before God gave them rules, he actually said, he gave them a choice. He wanted to work through them. He said, if you will follow these rules, then you will be my nation. You will be my people. Um, and I will be glorified through you to all the earth. And so it was a choice. It was a, a covenant, an agreement that Israel was into. And so him saying that the Bible says that we're not supposed to wear certain types of clothing or eat certain types of food. The Bible never says that I'm not supposed to wear certain types of clothing. The Bible never says that I'm not supposed to wear certain types of food or eat certain types of food. The Bible does say that those are for the nation of Israel during that time period. So that is a, to put it bluntly, an extremely ignorant argument that commonly is thrown out by people who they've heard these verses or they've heard somebody say these comments and so they think it's, uh, I'm just going to throw this out there because there, I got gotcha. you. 
Um, and now you don't know how to respond. And I think a lot of Christians don't know how to respond to this. And so they just kind of like push it off and, and don't have a, a good answer to this. Um, you got anything else you want to throw in there, Aubrey? No, I agree. I think, I mean, he's doing the same thing. <laughs> he's taking one part of the Bible and not listening to it. Just like if yep. he, I mean, if that were true, if we were only to wear certain things and eat certain things, although we know it's not true, he's doing the exact same thing that he's telling him. So it's kind of hypocritical in a sense um, to think that way. I mean, it, as a Christian, you should believe the whole Bible. Um, and to take parts of it out uh, is false doctrine, but obviously he doesn't know that. Yep. Alrighty, jump right back in. You're gonna disagree with it. You also have to understand like the weight of what you are asking a queer person to do. When you look at someone and you feel like they're attractive and you have to disagree with that part of yourself every second of the day, you have to tell yourself that's freaking wrong. That's freaking wrong. And at like every second, like you don't think that I should, I should not marry a woman that I love. I'm not saying you should be alone. I'm saying at the basis of anything, I want you to be who God created you to be. And I know that for you, you're believing that I was created this way to love this way. But I would actually wonder because you're like, well, I want to love who I want to love. There's that attraction. But when I, it's like, where do you draw the line when there's, I'm attracted, I'm a grown man. I like little boys. I am a person, oh, I like, and I know girl. that you don't agree with that, but there are lines because that if we go by how we, you know that's not the same I know you don't agree with that, and I know that it is the same. I think the LGBT is like a huge topic within the Christian community, but it doesn't make it any worse than, like I drink and stuff, and sometimes I drink in excess, which is a sin, um, but it just doesn't get, that's normalized, you know what I mean? Like that doesn't get attacked as frequently as like an LGBT would, like community would, you know what I mean? I just define support differently. Um, I think you can completely support somebody's right to love and feel love without supporting homosexual activity. Homosexual activity is sinful. Raping a child is sinful. We can argue about what's worse or what's more acceptable or what our society has normalized, but at the end of the day, we all sin and we all sin in different ways and none of those sins should be celebrated, none of those sins should be condoned, and all of us should be working not to change who we are, but to become more like Christ. So I kind of feel like that last answer there was, uh, she made some good points, but I also felt like she was trying to sit on the fence a little bit. I do like that she, she, did, she did flat out say that it was sin. Um, she didn't try to say that it wasn't. Um, so, I do think that was good, but I do kind of feel like she was trying to sit on the fence a little bit. Um, now, <coughs> the the lady in yellow who's at the front made the comment, the connection of it, you know, well, I'm a man, I'm attracted to little boys. Um, and the, the guy's response was, that's no way the same, you can't. But this video was, how long ago was this video released? Four years ago. Okay, so four years ago, this video was released. Now, we have, uh, what, like two years ago, there was a uh, men's 
San Francisco men's gay choir that released a song saying we're coming for your children. Um, talking about how they're going to come, they're going to convert kids and you're not going to have a choice. You're just going to have to deal with it. Um, they came under a lot of fire and then removed the song. And then now we have, uh, drag queen story hours going on in libraries and, and things like that. And they're intentionally targeting kids with books like, uh, gender queer. And I mean, just, Terrible, terrible stuff. Absolutely atrocious garbage that they're trying to force feed down children's throats. Mm -hmm. But there are also movements from uh, groups like NAMBLA, which is the National Association of Man-Boy Love. Um, and they have tried to get rid of the term pedophile because it's too derogatory and replace it with MAP, which is minor attracted person. And they want to normalize it as just any other sexual preference. Um, but here's the thing. It's not. It's not okay. It's wrong. It should be condemned throughout all of society. And I believe 100% this is the next logical step once you move away from sex is between one man and one woman in the context of marriage. If you remove that from that, it is, it is like fire. Um, you know, I've, I've heard this analogy a lot. Sex is like fire because it can be good and it can be bad. If you have it in the right container, you have it in a fireplace and you know, stuff like that, it can warm your house, it can cook food. Um, if you let it outside, it can burn your house down. So if you have it in that context that it was made for, it, it's good. But if you have it outside of that, it it destroys and it spreads like fire and i think 100 percent this is why we're seeing that because we have gotten away from the idea that that is only acceptable between one man and one woman inside the context of marriage uh, <clears throat> yeah i'll let you uh you got anything else you want to throw in yeah sure um <laughs> i mean First off, the first girl's comment about you're saying, I can't love who I want to love. That is, I mean, if you think about it, it is saying the same thing as you're telling a pedophile he can't love who he wants to love. <laughs> so in the, in, the yep. in that context, yeah, it is the same way. Um, so I, I, I can agree with that woman's statement. Uh, I also was going to point out they were talking about how some sins are worse than others. In the end, sin is sin, and sin sends you to hell. Uh, for the wedges of sin is death. Sin is sin. The consequence is the same. I mean, death, separation from God. Um, in James 2.10, it says, For whoever shall keep the whole law and yet stumble in one point, he is guilty of all. So you stumble in one area, I mean, it's the same consequence, the consequence of death which, as we know, is separation from God, and not necessarily physical death, but separation from the Lord, um, spiritual death. So I can't agree with the statement that no sin is greater than another sin of sin, and sin is the same consequence of death and separation from the Lord. But, um, yeah, I think you hit every other point there. Yep, no, I would I would agree 100%. Um, so... I also think this uh, this makes me think of, 
I just pulled it up so we can look at it. She was talking about how you expect me to do this every day, live this every day, you know, whatever. Um, so let's look here. I pulled up, this is Galatians 5. Let's look at verses 23 and 24. Gentleness, self-control, or this is the end of their talking about the fruits of the Spirit. Gentleness, self-control, against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ, Jesus, have crucified the flesh with its passions Amen. and desires. Amen. So, we are told as Christians, we have to die daily. You, we are crucified with Christ mm -hmm. and we no longer live, but Christ lives in us. Um, that mm -hmm. is talking about this. Now, I will agree that homosexuality is addressed far more by the church than really any other sin. I think a large part of that is because of how vocal society is in embracing homosexuality and that lifestyle. And so as a response, it's natural if you're living in a society that is completely against one specific view that you have, or they're very vocal about one specific view, your voice on that one specific view is probably going to be louder. I do think that a problem the church has had, and, and we've discussed this before on the podcast, we're not afraid to call out our own. And I think that a problem the church has had has been not addressing other things that are sin or treating them as though they're more of a sin than, than another. That's not the case. Um, all sin is sin. All sin is equal. If you've broken one part of the law, you've broken all of it. Um, if you've, you're guilty of one thing, you're guilty of everything. So um, <clears throat> this whole idea, um, if, uh, so let's look at it in, in human terms. If we look at a court system, if you uh, commit a crime against some random person on the street, um, let's say you go physically assault some random person, you will probably end up getting a fine, maybe some jail time, but that's probably going to be it. Now, let's say you go physically assault the president that you're going to have to pay with your life, whether you were behind bars the rest of your life or you actually get the death penalty. Now you did the same thing. The difference is the person that you um, actually attacked, the victim of your crime, the person you perpetrated this act against. <clears throat> now the Bible teaches us that all sin is an act against God. So if the jump from just a regular person on the street to the president, is that much more of a a um, a punishment? <clears throat> what if you jump from a president who is a created being, a person, technically equal in value to us? If we bump that up to now, it's a crime against a perfect, all-knowing, all-loving, cannot be any better God. Well, that increases the punishment mm -hmm. exponentially. And so that's why we talked about, you know, the whole idea of hell. Um, it's not the, and I know, I know people that have, that have gone through like this and they've had same sex attraction. And so what they end up deciding to do is uh, I, I talked about this when we did the stuff in June, but there was a, a guy who was attracted to men, but he 
he felt that was wrong. He wanted to have a family in a normal way. He didn't want to have to use a surrogate and stuff like that. He knew a lady that he was really, really good friends with. Um, and they decided to get married and have kids. And she was okay with the fact that she knew that he had those attractions to other men, but they were exclusively with each other. He did not act out on those attractions because he wanted to have a family and he wanted to have a family the way that you normally naturally have a family. And so I can't imagine having to live with that type of a, a, uh, a burden or a cross. I think part of this is goes back to finding your identity in that versus finding your identity in Christ. But I also know the Bible talks mm-hmm. about, you know, um, the whole idea that for those who sacrifice greatly here on earth, the reward is going to be great um, in heaven. And so I just have to imagine that if that's something that you're burdened with and you stick out on, you hold out on those convictions and you stick to what the Bible teaches and you don't give in to those convictions, then your reward and then the next life is going to be great um, because that's not going to be an easy thing to do, especially not in the society that we live in. It's going to be a very difficult thing to do. Um, but yeah, that's my, my thoughts on it. You have anything else you want to throw on Aubrey? We get to move on yeah. to the next yeah, when you were talking about um, how we have to die to ourselves, I was thinking of um, reading a book right now, actually, on the resurrection and the power of the resurrection and how our sins are buried in the grave and we receive a new life in Christ. And how, uh, so, and then I'm reading this other book, actually, uh, the one I just showed you beforehand uh, called uh, Keep the Blood Warm. And so it's a devotional, but uses like it's based upon scripture. And so you just read the scripture, meditate on it. And he writes a paragraph on it. And so my scripture literally for today was for you have died. Your life is hidden with um, Christ in God. Colossians Colossians 3, 3. And this is what it said. um, And I thought this was really good. um, Talking about our sins. Uh, being dead to us when we die to ourselves. So like when we have a new life in Christ. So it says, you have died, let it seek in. Every fiber of your old man has died. The part of you that resists God, dead. The part of you that lusts after the flesh, dead. The part of you that is selfish, dead. You have died. This truth is to be received by faith and the experience of it will come thereafter. The righteous shall live by faith. Think about the areas of your life that you are frustrated with that you know do not please God. Think about the generational sins and habits that you have received from your forefathers. Now picture all of it. Join to the lifeless body of Jesus Christ in the grave. You have died. Your life is now in Christ. To live is Christ. To die is gain. But I think that's just a really good picture of, you know, these things that we may struggle with when we die, our old man dies and we receive a new life. and it is Christ that like he bore those sins for a reason. (laughs) So they die with him. We just have to allow him to take them upon himself. Yep. That's good. I like that. I'm going to have to get that book. um, So it sounds like it would be good. (laughs) It's changed my life. It's really good. Well, the Lord changed my life through it. I should say. Uh, 
All right, next question. God loves, and we're, I think, like halfway through, but I will say that that last question was by far the biggest question. I think we're going to get through the rest of these probably fairly quickly by comparison. Um, so next That's question true. is, uh, and I think this one's going to be really, really easy for us to answer. God loves everybody equally. Technically, I would say yes. Um, he sent Jesus to die for everyone. Now, the one caveat I would put with that is that God doesn't have as close a relationship with everybody equally, but that's not for, that's not because of a lack on God's part. That is because of a lack on our part. Um, you know, it's just like, I'm going to have a closer relationship with my wife than I have with, uh, really anybody else because there's a, a level of intentionality there, um, intimacy there, uh, knowledge of each other there that's not there with anybody else. Um, and so just logically, I'm going to have a deeper relationship with her than I'm going to have with anybody else because I'm putting the time in to have that deeper relationship. So, I mean, God loves everybody, even uh, people that are outside the church, even people that are going to be in hell. God loves them. Um, he doesn't want them to be there. That's why he sent Jesus so they didn't have to go there. But even if you look at people in the church, somebody that just, they just attend, they, they believe in God, they believe everything is required for salvation, but all they really ever do is they, they come to church, they attend just so they can attend. Um, there's no real pushing to have a deeper relationship uh, to have any more intimacy, anything like that. Uh, God loves them as much as someone who is, I mean, deep diving into this stuff and doing everything they can that uh, they know makes God happy and they know um, God wants them to do. God loves them equally, but it's, it's not going to have the same level of intimacy and relationship. Um, and it's the same as when I was talking about with my wife. It's just because there's a level of intentionality that is is not matched. And that's on our part to do. But go ahead, Aubrey. Um, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. Uh, I think, obviously, God loves everyone. Um, Luke 19.10, Jesus came to seek and save that which were lost. So that covers the fact that, like, he loves even, yes, the unbelievers, not just those who are called his children per se, which is, I, I know I'm kind of uh, going forward, but something one of the past, uh, guys say says that you said, I think his name was Pastor Jason. He says that he doesn't yeah, necessarily he love the unbelievers. But I would disagree with that very much. So, um, I mean, Romans 5, 8, he died for us while we were still sinners. Um <laughs> So obviously, if he died for us while we still did not uh, know him or love him in return, then yes, he loves unbelievers. Um, but yes, I do agree that some are closer to him than others. That's just a matter of, like you said, on our part of um, we choose to get to know him. But that doesn't necessarily mean that he has favorites. It actually says repeatedly in the Bible that God has no favorites. <laughs> And so, as as we talked about uh, 
previous episode and we recorded last week. I don't know when it'll be aired as opposed to this one, but um, in James, it actually condemns favoritism. So yeah, I almost wonder if uh, Pastor Jason here, if he's Calvinist, because that is something I've seen from, from some Calvinists. They take the view that God loves those mm-hmm. who are elect and hates those who are not elect, which <sighs> I'm not going to get into Calvinist doctrine tonight. <laughs> <laughs> All right, <laughs> we'll go on to, to this one. We'll see what, uh, where do these guys all stand? God loves everybody equally. God loves everybody equally. Three, two, one, go. <laughs> you got some explaining to do yeah. over there. <laughs> <laughs> It sounds great to say God loves everybody and, does, and God does love everybody, but I don't believe equally. He loves his own children more than the others in the world. He would not send someone that he loves truly to hell. He is love. That's what his embodiment is. So I think it's impossible for him to not show love towards his children. I don't think it's, there's varying degrees. I think it's all standardized against everyone. Like everyone is loved equally. So this kind of goes back to a point that we've already touched on. You, I think it's a, a faulty way to view it that God is sending you to hell. You you have a choice. Um, and if you go to hell, it's because you willingly choose to go to hell. Um, I, I, I'm almost wondering, I know he has a YouTube channel. I may go check out some of the stuff then and see if that's where he leans. But I would guess just based on that, he at least has some Calvinist leaning because I've heard a lot of Calvinists make that point. I might be wrong. Uh, and not all Calvinists yeah. have that view. Um, but that is something I've seen fairly commonly from the Calvinist camp. 